Father, our hearts hunger for you. That's why we've come today. And we pray that our worship would honor you and reflect that hunger in our hearts to know you more and to be in more intimate relationship with you. We pray your blessing upon our time of worship today, and we ask this through Christ. Amen. Take a moment, share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. beautiful day to come together and uh, worship our God, and we're glad that you are here uh, as a part of uh, this time of worship this morning. A few things I want to highlight uh, in your bulletin. Uh, Today is Pentecost Sunday, a day when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit on Christ's followers and uh, the birthday of the church, and we celebrate this this great day in, in the life of God's people. It's also uh, the weekend in which we remember those who have sacrificed for our freedoms. And uh, we are so grateful for the uh, thousands, millions of people who have given of themselves so that we can do things like come to worship today and uh, do that freely and openly. And we give thanks for them as we uh, come together this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, the bulletin says that uh, WKFM will take place during the Sunday school hours this morning, and that is a mistake. It will be regular Sunday schools. So just wanted to clarify that. Next Sunday morning, uh, we'll be gathering for worship at 8.30 and 11 o'clock. There are uh, a number of prayer concerns that are in the bulletin. Uh, we do want to give thanks to God that uh, Ruth Hutton, who had a stroke last Sunday, uh, is doing remarkably well and probably will be home in a week and a half, is going to therapy and uh, able to reverse a lot of the things that took place initially. So we give thanks to God for that answer to prayer. 
We do want to pray for Dick Alderman, who um, will be having uh, surgery sometime today. Uh, he's struggling with uh, diverticulosis and some complications from that. And uh, he's in the Olean Hospital and uh, we're planning on surgery sometime uh, throughout this day. Uh, also, be in prayer for those who were elected to lead us. You see the, the list of, of them in the bulletin. And uh, we want to pray for God's grace on them and uh, their leadership here as a church. I'd like to ask uh, Pastor Todd and Mary and Mackenzie and Malachi to come up to the front here. They came to Houghton in uh, 2002. Uh, actually, the three of them did. Malachi has come since that point. Uh, but uh, they've been here for almost 10 years. And uh, I know that uh, right away it was evident they were quickly involved in the life, not only of the church, but of the community. I know that their ministry has uh, touched many of our lives, their friendship. And uh, we, are, um, we are sad that uh, this is their last Sunday with us today. As uh, God leads them to other things, and we pray that uh, pray. I want to have a chance to pray for them this morning, to give thanks uh, for their ministry here, for their lives. We appreciate them so much, and all the ways in which they have invested in us. And and uh, as with many people who are part of our lives for such a length of time, uh, they leave something of themselves in us, and hopefully something of us with them as well as they go. We we wanted to. Uh, we're trying to think of something we could do to. Uh, to help them uh, remember uh, being here and uh, to something to cherish. And so we commissioned uh, John Rett to uh, do this watercolor uh, of the church and uh, the scene. And so we, uh, we want to give that to them as a, a means of our uh, appreciation and our support to them. And I know that uh, we want to take just a moment, we want to pray for them, but we also want to take a moment to thank them for their ministry, for their friendship, for just uh, all that they've given to us here in the last 10 years. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Todd and Mary, for Mackenzie and Malachi. Thank you for for bringing them here to Houghton. We believe that was a part of your divine plan. And they have uh, been instruments that you've used in our lives. We thank you for their ministry, for their friendship, for all the ways in which they have been a part of this church and this community and the wider community. And we know that uh, you have used them mightily and you have blessed our lives through them. We pray, Father, that uh, you will lead them and guide them in the days ahead. We pray for your grace upon them as a family. And as they continue to look to your, your leadership in their lives, we pray that they will know not only the presence of your spirit, but our love and our support in every way. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray your grace in their lives. And uh, we ask that, that you will help them to know that they are loved by you and by us. And we, we give them to you and place them into your hands. And we pray this through Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you. We invite the ushers to come now and to assist us in the giving of our tithes and offerings. And children ages 2 to 5 may be dismissed for Children's Church.
Yet thought I knew the way The sin that promised joy and life Had led me to the grave I had no hope that you would own A rebel to your will And if you had not loved me first I would refuse you still But as I ran But as I ran My hell of wings Indifferent to Amen. As we go into our prayer time this morning, I just want to again let you know that the altar is open. If any of you have burdens and concerns on your heart that you would like to uh, pray at the altar about, uh, we invite you to come at this time for prayer. And you may be seated. Father, it's with joy in our hearts that we gather on this first day of the week as your people in this place to worship you, to exalt you, and to glorify your holy name. You are the Ancient of Days, the Holy One of Israel. You are our shield and our very great reward, our rock and our redeemer, our mighty fortress and our deliverer. We are grateful for the opportunity to meet together as part of your church today. 
Father, so many of our brothers and sisters around the world are unable to meet or are forced to meet in secret. And we pray for them this morning. We lift up your church around the world and ask you to bless her, to make her strong, firm, and steadfast in you. We thank you on this Memorial Day weekend for all those who have given their lives uh, to ensure our freedom here in America, this opportunity we have to freely gather to worship you. And we remember them and pray that you would bless their families and encourage them today. Lord, you know our needs this morning. There are some among us with physical needs. We lift these up to you. Father, you know each person who is struggling with sickness or illness or recovering from surgery. This morning we continue to lift up Ruth Hutton and we thank you for the progress that she is making. We pray that you'd continue to touch her and heal her. And we pray for Dick Alderman, Lord, as he faces surgery. We just pray for your healing touch in his life and that he would have a special sense of your presence with him today. Father, there are others among us who, who have other needs. Some are grieving the loss of a loved one. Others are discouraged, depressed, doubting, or despairing. Perhaps some are living in fear. You know, O oh Lord. I pray that you will show yourself strong in each of our lives today. Be for us our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble as you promise in your word. Father, on this Pentecost Sunday, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we ask that you would continue to cleanse us, renew us, and reshape us into the image of Christ through the power of your Spirit in our lives. Continue to build your church in the world. Raise up godly men and women to be your hands and your feet, bringing the good news to all who need to hear it. Lord, today, I and my family thank you for this congregation, and we thank you for the privilege of serving among them for these past 10 years. I pray that you will bless them and keep them in your love and grace. Equip and empower them for effective service and witness, and may they know and experience your peace on a daily basis. Bless the pastoral staff, I pray. Keep them ever close to you and give them wisdom, discernment, and grace as they lead this great congregation. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to your people today and down through the ages. All glory, honor, and praise belong to you. And we pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would please stand for the reading of the gospel. And our scripture reading is John 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the word of the Lord.
It's from creation's birth, giving life to all that God has made. Show your power once again on earth, cause your church to You may be seated. Well, let me just start this morning by saying an extremely heartfelt thank you to all of you. Um, We have been extremely privileged to be a part of the congregation here for almost 10 years. And so many of you have blessed our lives in so many ways. Um, we're just extremely grateful for the, the, the privilege of, of living and serving with you and among you uh, for these years. And um, I won't spend a long time this morning. We've had our times of being emotional, and I'm sure we'll have more times of being emotional. But I just want to express our gratitude and thank you for the lovely picture that will be a strong reminder to us of the the wonderful times that uh, we've had in your midst. And um, we are um, excited to see what the future holds both for us and for you. And we will uh, definitely be praying God's best for you in every every way. Please pray with me this morning as we begin the message. Gracious and holy God, Speak your word into our hearts and lives today. On this day of Pentecost, fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may be your agents of love and grace, bringing hope and peace to our world. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How many of you here this morning like bridges? Anybody? Anybody like bridges? I like bridges. It's interesting to see how different bridges are designed and and what they look like. And if you actually cross the bridge, uh, a lot of times you get a very cool kind of a panoramic view of, of the valley or the lake or the river or whatever it is that the bridge spans. Well, the purpose of bridges is to connect things that are separated, to span great divides, to bring together things separated by various obstacles. Bridges connect land masses that are separated by water or valleys. The interstate system uses bridges to cross over other roads. Walking bridges uh, from one building to another are sometimes connected a few floors up so that people don't have to dodge traffic while they cross the street. <clears throat> the purpose of bridges is to, to, again, span great divides. It connects things that have been separated. And the question that I want us to consider this morning together is, is simply this. What bridges are we building for Christ and how strong are they? What bridges are we building for Christ, and how strong are they? One day last month, uh, at least I think it was last month, the time just has been flying, um, I was walking through the, uh, the Houghton College Campus Center, and there was a small crowd gathered there. I was curious, so I stopped and, you know, just to check it out and kind of see what was going on. Well, as it turns out, what I discovered was a group of students and professors from the Houghton College Physics Department and they were, uh, they had created bridges uh, made out of matchsticks or some similar kind of material. And uh, 
and they were displaying their bridge designs and testing the strength of their bridges. Now, in order to test the strength of their bridges, they would set up a bridge between two tables and then they would put sand or weights or both in a bucket attached to the bottom of the bridge. And then they would keep adding weight until the bridge broke. Now, we had a couple of videos, but they don't seem to be working this morning. But you can get an idea uh, from these pictures of how this worked. And uh, so it was an interesting thing. They're testing the strength of these bridges, and they kept adding weights and sand and things like that until the bridges broke. Well, these pictures are courtesy of Dr. Brandon Hoffman, who most of you know teaches in the physics department at Houghton College. He sent me a number of pictures and a few videos of the students uh, doing this project. And the students obviously had fun with this. And it was pretty interesting just to see how much stress each one of these bridges could endure before breaking. And I came away thinking, what a great picture of what so much of life is about. Building bridges. We all build bridges all the time. Bridges to family, to friends, to students, to professors, to colleagues. Whenever we reach out and make a connection with another person, we're building a bridge. What bridges are we building for Christ? And how strong are they? We live in a world of great divides, racial and ethnic divides, socioeconomic divides, gender, age, talent divides. And it's been that way throughout history, hasn't it? There's something about us as fallen human beings that that likes to maintain sharp boundaries and divisions between groups of people. We're all the time creating barriers between us and them. But that is not God's desire Time and again throughout history, God has made a point of bridging divides and letting his people know of his love uh, for those who are on the wrong side of the divide. Time and again, God has fairly shouted his desire to save all who will come to him. Rahab the prostitute, Ruth the Gentile widow, the widow of Zarephath and Sidon, the heart of Baal worship in Elijah's time, Naaman the Syrian general who had leprosy, All examples of God bridging a divide and reaching out to outsiders. The birth of Jesus was announced by angels, not to the religious elite, but to outsiders. To unclean shepherds living in the fields and to the magi, those foreign stargazers who came from another country and worshipped the Christ child. In the Roman world of the New Testament, divisions were everywhere. There were clear divisions between Jew and Gentile, between men and women, between slave and free, between Roman citizen and everyone else. Jesus was all the time building bridges to span these divides. He regularly interacted with Samaritans and Romans, tax collectors and sinners. That's in part what got him killed. Well, the world today still loves its us and them divides. All we have to do is look at the newspaper or, or uh, watch the news. We see Shuni, uh, uh, Sunnis versus Shias, Christians versus Muslims, Arabs versus Jews, Protestants versus Catholics, conservatives versus liberals, Democrats versus Republicans. The list could go on and on and on. Endless divides. And I think if, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes... We like our divides. If we can fit other people into neat little categories, uh, then we can keep them in their proper place within our worldview. It's easier that way and safer, right? But here's the thing. As Christians, we are called to be bridge builders. Over and over, we hear this call in the words of Jesus to his disciples. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You are the light of the world. Shine in the darkness. You are the salt of the earth. Make a tasteful difference. Jesus said these things and many others like them uh, to his disciples because the heart of God is to reconcile people to himself. Bridge building is God's plan for his people. God is the master bridge builder 
He's the one who sent Jesus to bridge the great divide between God and humankind. As John 3, 16 and 17 reminds us, uh, that passage you know so well, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In other words, Jesus was sent by the Father to build a bridge and to be a bridge to fallen, broken humanity. And Jesus gave his entire life on earth to the task of bridge building, uh, spanning the great gulf between God and people. In Luke chapter 4, we hear from Jesus himself how he saw his mission. Reading in his hometown synagogue from the book of Isaiah, Jesus proclaimed, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he sat down and said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. <clears throat> And the text tells us in the next verses that all spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words. That is, until he started talking about how God was in the, in the business of bridging divides that they actually wanted to keep in place. The, uh, talking about God's actions on behalf of the widow of Zarephath and Naaman the Syrian general. Then they tried to throw him off a cliff. But Jesus knew and understood his mission. He was sent by the Father to reach out and build bridges of hope and healing to lost and broken people. People alienated and estranged from God. Which that included every one of us at one time, by the way. Jesus' mission ultimately took him to the cross where he suffered, bled, and died to atone for our sins. The cross of Christ is the ultimate bridge between God and humankind. It reminds me of the song that has the lines, there's a bridge to cross the great divide. There's a cross to bridge the great divide. That brings us to our passage for today. <clears throat> After Jesus' resurrection, his disciples had gathered together on the first day of the week, but they were afraid and they had all the doors locked. Fear had caused them to create a barrier, uh, to create a divide. No one enters or exits through a closed, locked door, right? Or so they thought. The scripture tells us that Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Bridge building words. The disciples probably expected to, to catch it a bit from Jesus, to be rebuked since they had all deserted him and since they were now cowering in fear. Instead, Jesus built a bridge. Peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands and his side, and they believed and were overjoyed. When Jesus again said, peace be with you, the disciples may have recalled his words from a few days before in the upper room when he said to them, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus said, peace be with you. And then he spoke these words to his disciples, words that I pray will, will echo down through the centuries and find their way into our hearts today. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then, and then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not ending his mission at this point, but rather he was commissioning his disciples and us to continue his mission in his name. As Christians, you and I are sent to our world to build bridges to people whom God loves, just as Jesus did. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. One of our primary tasks as followers of Jesus is to build bridges of love, bridges of hope, bridges of encouragement and care with the message of, of uh, good news Salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, there's more. Because we can't build bridges uh, that God would have us to build in our own strength and power. Which is why Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus himself fulfilled his ministry, not in his own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was God. But he he served in the power of the Spirit. Remember Luke 4? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the uh, prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Even Jesus didn't build bridges in his own strength. He lived his life fully dependent on the, on the power of the Holy Spirit. And he knew that we can't do it in our own strength either. And so God not only calls us to be people who build bridges in, uh, to others in, in Jesus' name, but he enables us to build those bridges through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to be the structural engineer, so to speak, of the bridges that we build in Christ's name. Or the bridges that we build will be weak and prone to collapse. I've been reading bits and pieces of a book about bridge building and designs. Uh, It's a book about those things as it relates to the church. But there are some interesting stories about bridges and and the designs. And uh, at one point in the book, the author makes this statement. He says, in the great bridge collapses of the 19th and early 20th centuries, pride has often been the culprit with deadly results. And then he details three notable bridge collapses. In 1845, Robert Stevenson's D Bridge, the longest metal uh, uh, truss built to that date, buckled, claiming five lives. In 1879, uh, Thomas Bush's Tay Bridge over Scotland's Firth of Tay went down in a gale, killing 75 people. And in 1907, the uh, collapse of the Quebec Bridge over the St. Lawrence in Canada caused the death of another 75. And he went on to list very specifically what many experts now believe to be the root cause of each of these bridge failures. Experts believe these bridge failures resulted from from engineers and companies who were simply negligent because they worked in isolation, in competition, and in pursuit of reputation. So in other words, uh, at the end of the day, these bridges collapsed not because of incompetence or lack of skill, but because of errors in engineering stemming from flawed, sinful human nature. Likewise, the bridges that we try to build for Christ in our own strength and power will have errors in engineering caused by our flawed, sinful human nature. Pride and self-interest lead us into isolation, competition, and pursuit of reputation, among other things. Such bridges will never be strong enough to withstand the raging currents of life or to bear up under the weight and strain uh, placed on them. They will be weak, unstable, and prone to collapse. And when these relational bridges break, and they inevitably will, the all, uh, they, they all too often leave in their wake anger, bitterness, hate, envy, strife, and fear. The good news for us as believers is that we don't have to try to build bridges for Christ in our own strength and power. God knows our weakness. He knows our human frailty all too well, which is why Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And two months later, as you know, on this day, the Holy Spirit came in power on all the disciples, uh, enabling and empowering them to speak God's truth into the lives of others in a way that connected deeply with their inmost yearnings and desires. God has given us the Holy Spirit too. And he is the one who works in our lives, enabling and empowering us to build effective bridges to the people around us. The building materials of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The building materials of the Spirit are strong, the kind that that bridge great divides and remain firm in the face of the pressures of life. 
Well, Jesus then goes on to say, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, to our ears, that sounds like a very strange thing to say. Uh, We don't set God's terms for forgiveness on a case-by-case basis or award anyone salvation based on our own personal evaluations. So what's going on here? What is this really about? Well, it's true that God is the only one who can truly forgive sins. But remember that God sent Jesus into the world to fulfill his purpose and mission. And Jesus did just that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus then commissions his disciples, us, to continue his mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we build bridges to others in Jesus' name, we are acting as agents of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit, uh, which has been given to us, is God's seal of authority, so to speak. So while we can't actually forgive anyone's sins, we can announce and proclaim the offer of God's forgiveness to all boldly and with confidence. And we can boldly attest to God's forgiveness in the lives of those who repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And God himself stands firmly behind us, granting or withholding forgiveness as people respond to our message about Jesus. What bridges are we building for Christ and how strong are they? We live in a world that doesn't really believe in truth anymore. As Christians, we believe strongly in truth. God's word is truth. But this generation, this world that we live in, they view truth as nothing more than words, nothing more than talk, unless we live the truth we proclaim. See, what the world wants to see more than anything is people who are real. Real is everything. Real is convincing. Where is the love of God we so often talk about? Where are the changed lives? Where's the selfless giving, the good works? They want to see if we are living out our faith in our communities or just talking about our faith in our sanctuaries. That's why the Holy Spirit is so vitally important for us if we want to stay faithful to God's calling to be agents of his love and grace in our world. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life and vitality to our message. The Holy Spirit makes God's truth come alive in the hearts of people. The Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to live out the truth we proclaim. And if we would be strong bridge builders to lost and broken people, we must have the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. Thankfully... God gives the Holy Spirit freely to all who ask. He wants us to be filled with his spirit. So on this Pentecost Sunday, I encourage you to hear again and receive the words of Jesus to his disciples, words to you and me. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Houghton Wesleyan Church, Go and build strong bridges of love and grace to lost and hurting people. Daily living out and proclaiming your faith in Christ. In Houghton, in Caniadea, in Fillmore, in Belfast, in all of Allegheny County, in western New York, and wherever you go. Not in your own strength and power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the giving of your spirit, which we celebrate today. We thank you that you so freely bestowed your spirit on your disciples, a great gift to your people and your church, enabling us to live for you and to proclaim your message to a lost and hurting world with confidence and boldness so that they can see you in us. Lord, just as you sent Jesus and Jesus 
now sends us. I pray that you would enable us through the power of your Holy Spirit to truly be agents of your love and mercy and grace in our world today, in all of our interactions and with whomever we come in contact. Thank you again for this great congregation. Bless them, encourage them, and use them in powerful ways for, the, for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as we sing together. Following the, benediction, uh, following the benediction, there will be a choral benediction. So I invite you to remain in place for a few moments. Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. As we sing this benediction over all of you this morning, we think especially of Todd, Mary, Mackenzie, and Malachi, and we bless them as they go.